0: Hello and welcome to the VV Nation podcast. I'm Chris and I'm joined by James. How are you doing?
1: Hi everyone, yeah, I'm good, mate. Good
0: stuff. So today we're going to be talking about hiking, and um, more specifically, the Three Peaks Challenge.
1: Um, I have done the Three Peaks Challenge twice. You have done two of the three? Yeah, I have yeah, so I've done um Scaffold Pike and Snowden. Snowden was the first one, and then the other hike I've done was up Table Mountain. Have you done Table Mountain? <laughs> table mountain yeah, yeah that is a, a brilliant hike isn't it yeah
0: have you done the others like around um have i done any others no i don't think so mm, okay so yeah three peaks and table mountain on my to-do list coming up probably looking at the alps trek next um, okay what's that tell me more so it's a shorter sort of like four or five day trek just there's a there's a route in the alps that you can get to pretty easily um not as extreme as something like uh, Mont Blanc or anything like that, or Kilimanjaro, which is like another level up. But I'm working towards Kilimanjaro, so the Alps trek is more of like there's multiple peaks that you just spend four or five days, you know, in
1: and amongst the Alps. That sounds good. And what sort of level do you have to be to get to that? Do you reckon? I'd say
0: it's more difficult than the three peaks. I'd say like intermediate. Okay. Um, Because as I said, I'm using it as kind of like the next step Mm. up towards Kilimanjaro.
1: Are there any peaks in Ireland? That um, I have Googled this. Um, there is, is a, a
0: couple, there? yeah. There, there's something called the Stairway to Heaven in Ireland. Um, <laughs> right. I guess the reason you asked that is because Nicholas, my fiancé, is Irish. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've never actually done it, but a lot of Nicola's friends have done it, and it looks incredible. So Google Stairway to Heaven in Ireland, and it's like a, a climb up these wooden
1: steps. Um, really popular tourist spot, but it looks amazing. So, the, there is actually a couple of quite juicy ones. There's... Can you say this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Should we even attempt to? Car- Karen Two Hill? Karen Two Hill. What about the next one? Is that in Ireland?
0: Sounds like something from Mexico. Lugnaquila? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that could be anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mount Brandon. I'll do that one. So, yeah, there, there are a few peaks in Ireland. So, um, uh, one thing I was going to say is the peaks in the UK are generally quite sort of beginner level. they y- obviously, you can take different tracks, and we're going to be talking about the Three Peaks Challenge itself, which in itself is difficult. But I think just tackling one of the peaks on their own is very much a beginner thing. I- if you're doing one of the one of the easier tracks on Snowden, and then get the train down, even it it is very much a good place to start yeah i'd I'd agree with that i think the
0: difference between those kind of mountains and the ones abroad um is is, it is very much hiking rather than mountaineering slash climbing
1: yeah What what's sort of your big goal at the end so you've done done a few of the easier peaks you want to do the alps trek what's what's the end goal for you
0: um, the end goal is probably Kilimanjaro yeah. I, I mean I'd love to do Everest but it's probably out of my league if I'm honest um, base camp obviously not so much but actually doing summiting Everest I think is proper mountaineering that I'm just in no way experienced enough for or prepared enough for um, Kilimanjaro seems like the, the next logical thing where it is more hiking albeit at high altitude but it's not proper mountaineering I think Everest is just a different beast altogether.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Kilimanjaro would be sort of the, the top of my list. Yeah. Um, after a bit more experience, that's <laughs> something you really want to do. How much is it, do you know? Is it something quite expensive? What, to do Everest? No, Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro, you, you could probably
0: find it. So, I've been looking into it quite a lot, and it ranges from one and a half grand upwards, depending on when you go and what, obviously how long you go so for and what route horrendous. you do. No, it's not it's not horrific. I reckon I could probably do do it for under two grand.
1: All oh, right. That's not too bad. Cause mm. it is, it's a quite a long experience to do to do Kilimanjaro and all the gear. Have you got a bike? Is that including the gear you need and the guys? No, guns?
0: so I'd, I'd probably have to get some new gear, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I do have quite a lot of hiking gear from when I did the three-piece challenge because... Um, well, the first time I did it, it was—it's fair to say that I was quite underprepared. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it was described to me the first time I did it as an uphill walk,
1: an uphill walk, an
0: uphill walk. Who told you that? Call them out. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I googled it. So, Google's normally like the first thing you do, right? When, oh, you, when you're yeah, looking yeah, yeah. to do something. So, I've actually got a, a few funny tales about the first time we did it. Um, so we turn up. We we did Nevis first. Um, the, the biggest of the three then scaffold Pike then snowden and we turn up at Ben Nevis having driven from London up there so you know traveled a long long way we stayed in I think Preston the night before um so halfway and then got to Ben Nevis for middayish to start the climb and there was a group of lads I'd say about 25 who had just got to the bottom and they looked exhausted mm. and I asked him like they were wearing, um, you know, like rain gear and stuff. And we. it was a boiling hot day in, in summer. I was in my shorts. So I asked him, I was like, "What's the, what are the conditions at the top? And they were like, it's snowing. And I was like, Sor- sorry, what? Like, <laughs> I've got shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's mad up at the top. And I was like, and how long did you take to do it? And they did it in seven hours. And I was like, oh, my God, we've allowed five hours for this on the 24-hour challenge. So immediately I was I was already thinking this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So I, I guess first message there to any, anyone thinking about doing a hike or anything like that is be prepared and know what you're getting yourself in for because mm. Ben Nevis, although we were fresh, obviously it was the first mountain, it was quite a wake-up call for, for me, my brother, and my mate Tom who did it with, with me. Yeah.
1: So let's sort of set it up a little bit and... What is the Three Peaks
0: Challenge and what does it involve? So basically, it's the National Three Peaks Challenge, which involves climbing the highest peaks of Scotland, England and Wales. Uh, Scotland's is Ben Nevis, England's is Pike, and Wales is Mount Snowdon. So you can either do it in the 24-hour challenge, which was the first time I did it, or you could just do it over a weekend, which a, a lot of people do, to be fair. I think having done it, like twice now more people probably go for the the over the weekend which is just a lot more logistically easier but to do it in the 24 hours generally speaking most people we saw who were doing it
1: with us were very keen
0: like experienced
1: hikers yeah, so Ben Nevis in Scotland is the tallest, biggest, yeah. longest. That's it's one thousand three hundred forty-five meters, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Snowdon in Wales, the next one. That's one thousand eighty-five. Yeah, exactly the same as Table Mountain, actually. Is it? I found that literally to the meter. They're oh, both right. one thousand eighty-five. And then Scaffold Pike, tallest in England, which is nine hundred and seventy-eight meters
0: um which on the grand scheme of things compared to the big european oh, mountains yeah. like is small It's small let's be honest
1: and I, th- I think that's why i say that individually they're not as much for, they're not as difficult as the the big european mountains and others around the world but i think taking the challenge on as a three peak challenge is not for beginners at all is it
0: no so i'll start by saying it's probably one of the hardest things i've ever done really yeah uh, not necessarily for the physical side of things although physically it is very challenging um, you know if you do one of them so I did Snowden recently and um, just just Snowden with a, a beginner group of climbers who had never really done anything like that before uh, well a couple of them had but most hadn't and um, and they found it absolutely fine it was snowing at the top so the going was a little bit tricky Um, but I'd prepared them quite well for it in terms of what to expect. Everyone had the right gear. Um, And as a one off, you know, everyone was quite tired afterwards, but it's just a nice day, like a nice day out. And we got quite good visibility. So it was actually like Snowden as a day out. I'd recommend it to anyone. It's a beautiful place. Um, But it's when you combine sort of the three and you're getting no sleep and just it just gradually wears you down. But by the end of Scaffold Pike, mountain too we traveled so far by car it had hammered it down the whole time mm. so i was cold tired i thought i was getting like i've been dramatic obviously <laughs> but i thought i was getting pneumonia or something like that um there were weather warnings on scaffold Pike when we got there there were weather warnings on snowden it was just bad like a bad weekend to do it but when we started it was you know it was it was end of july so the weather was amazing when we actually started but it just goes to show you that Mountains, even even these ones that aren't, you know, four thousand meters. All mountains have that aspect of just you've got to embrace the elements and be
1: ready for anything. Definitely. So, before we go into the stories of you doing the the three peaks, you've done it twice now, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. How how do you need to prep for it? What sort of gear do you need when you're first starting out to do the three peaks? Yeah. So, I think I think. Um, so
0: physically, the preparation should be working on your, your core strength and your legs. Mm. Um, obviously, it's, it's not an uphill walk, to be clear. It's a lot of lunging and you know actually climbing up, um, particularly scaffold pike, which is, although it's the shortest, it's probably the steepest ascent. So it's like step, 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 step. So you've got to have good strength in your legs that would be the number one thing physically. So, you you know, get squatting, get lunging, do the step up machine in the gym, if, you, if you're a member of a gym. Um, but regarding gear, um, it's important that you get the right gear because, th- as I said, the first year I did it, I turned up very unprepared, thinking it would be a, a nice stroll, uh, quite physically difficult, but certainly wasn't expecting snow. Uh, you know, I summited Ben Nevis in shorts, which was a massive mistake. <laughs> um so first let's start with shoes you've got to have decent footwear wear it in don't buy it brand new because you'll get blisters i've made that mistake yeah on scaffold pike yep. yeah yeah <laughs> so there you go you can you, you can firsthand explain the pains of it gone
1: yeah literally um I got these nice new pair of um, of hiking shoes. I got them from Mountain Warehouse. I was really excited. I was thinking, right, I've got the right gear to the the Scafell Pike, and we've got about an hour into it. And when I first put on the shoes, they felt really comfortable. They're really supportive. I was like, these shoes are great. But if you don't wear them in, you don't know whether or not you're going to be okay with them. And because it's quite it's quite sort of of course it's strenuous on your feet because you're hiking, you're walking, you're you're moving about a lot and yeah, about an hour and a half in, I started getting blisters on my feet and it was excruciating. I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah. Like I'm an hour and a half up the hike. It's about three hours up and three hours down the route we were going, and I was thinking, there's there's no way I'm going to be able to do this because it's too painful. Yeah. I'm very lucky that I had some plasters on me, put some blister plasters on, tightened my shoelaces, put another pair of socks on and it was fine. But that like 20, 25 minutes where I was walking and the blisters were just getting worse and worse and worse, I've not worn the shoes in. And it was just that. It was just that I hadn't worn the shoes in because um, the other hikes I've done since then, I've worn those exact same shoes and they've been lovely. They've been great. But yeah, got to wear them in.
0: So wearing them in is is your number one thing, but also you're making sure you get an actual fitting because the first time I did the three peaks, um, Tom got a huge blister and Ooh. his wasn't necessarily. So he'd worn his in, but it's so difficult to replicate when you're trying on a, a, a hiking boot to actually doing the hike because the movement of going up where you're, you know, lunging and and doing the ascent is very different to when all of your weight is on your toes going down because obviously you're leaning forward. So if you get it wrong, you're looking at not only blisters, but black toenails. Uh, If your shoes are the incorrect shoes and you've got like no waterproof um, functionality there, then you're going to get wet as well, which of course increases the friction and the rubbing on your feet. So number one,
1: get the right boots and footwear. Yeah, with, with the shoes as well, um, the first time I did Snowden, uh, w- it was, we had to go through some really wet sort of marshland at the bottom, and my shoes were not waterproof, they weren't, and I was trying to like avoid it, see if I could walk around it, but you just couldn't, and yeah, feet got soaked, it was horrible for the rest of it, yeah. and that that's why I went and bought the shoes for the next one, for Scaffold Pike, and... For scaffold pike, there's a little river you need to cross and um my feet got soaked there, but they because I was wearing waterproof shoes, it was fine. Yeah. Um I say my feet got soaked, like you, your feet are submerged. Yeah. Um and if I was wearing the trains before. So waterproofing is key. Uh, they've got to have good grip as well. Yeah. Like you probably Preferably have a good rigid grip.
0: sole as well, which is more supportive, particularly mm. when you're on like some of the rocks are not particularly comfortable in your feet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely good grip, um, especially as some of the mountains at certain times of the year has snow.
1: Yeah. So again, have you ever
0: climbed one in the snow?
1: No, no. I've been lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but when I am um, again, when I when I first did snowdon, I was wearing trainers and I didn't have much grip on the rocks and there's a little bit of scrambling where you're sort of using your hands for some some bits and you've got to have a good grip on your feet and if you're wearing trainers so when you did Ben Nevis the first time what were you wearing I had hiking boots did you yeah okay but
0: hadn't worn them in (laughs) (laughs) so basically uh, like I made basically every mistake you could probably think of in the first three peaks, and it ruined me physically and mentally but going back to Snowden that I did a few weeks back with that group you wouldn't have been able to do it I don't think in trainers because it, it was so icy and snowy at the top like the top was just totally covered in snow and um, so the last 45 minutes to an hour of the ascent and then obviously the, de- the descent as well was so hard you basically couldn't stand up that's mad. so most people even with mountain boots were turning back they didn't summit but obviously we were keen to summit because the group I we had never summited any of the mountains before and um, but In trainers, I just don't see how it would have been possible to do that that time anyway. Yeah. What else do you need? So moving on to your coat, which again is a critical, critical bit of clothing. Um, You need to have waterproof coat. So that's just basics. Because if it rains and you've got to expect rain really, particularly.
1: Even if it's a summer day. Yeah. Even even if it's
0: a summer day. When you get high and you go up into the clouds, it's a totally different beast. It's almost like a different world up there. Um, so expect rain if, if you get too hot you can take it off um, also wind is an absolute killer particularly on Ben Nevis I found this out where both summits of Ben Nevis have done were savage savagely strong winds and it was freezing cold we'd got soaking wet um, so having like a hard shell jacket that's windproof vital I think and that's really important whether you go for a hard shell or a soft shell jacket and um, Make sure it's just worth the investment. And in fact, when I went back to do the three-piece challenge the second time, I made sure that I, I splashed out, you know, a nice amount of cash. I think it was 150 <laughs> on a, on a decent coat. I can't remember what brand it was, but I basically panicked. So I got one at the shop at the bottom of Ben Nevis because I was like, you know what, I'm not going through this again. <laughs> hmm. um, so yeah, waterproof and windproof coat to deal with the rain and wind. Um, in terms of clothing underneath the coat it's it's Lay- layer up yeah, yeah it's layers but you've got to you've got to be flexible because it can get very hot it's hard work going up these mountains yeah. and if the weather's not good you, you also don't want to sweat too much and overheat so you need the layers get your base layers involved go for fast wicking fast drying uh, clothing so you don't you know stay wet all the time and it, and it wicks sweat away from your body um, I went for a fleece over that, followed by a windproof gilet under my coat as well. So ma- maximum like windproof, windproof myself, basically. Um, but I think, you know, you've got to be flexible. So, for instance, going up Snowdon the second time, so Third Mountain, went up wearing full waterproof trousers, you know, waterproof jacket, the full works, and then the sun came out. And I was absolutely boiling. So I would got I got hot and sweaty on the way up there and basically just had to strip all my clothes off. <laughs> so in my rucksack, I just piled all my clothes in. I, I actually did the full descent in just shorts and a T-shirt. Um, but also regarding clothing, if you're doing more than one mountain, so if you do all three, make sure you've got three sets of clothes because you do not want to be putting on wet clothes when mm-hmm. you start another one. And I made that mistake again. The first time I did it, I took one set of hiking clothes and I I took a change of clothes in between, but I ended up basically getting all of my clothes soaked. So in the car, I was just sitting in boxes, freezing cold, like (laughs) telling telling my dad to blast the heat in and then get to the bottom of, say, Scaffold Pike. And it's like, it's hammering it down with rain. It's two o'clock in the morning, pitch black. And I'm facing the prospect of putting soaking wet cold clothes back on. Which is just a grim, grim experience. Yeah, that's horrible. So, so lot,
1: yeah, lot, lots of changes of clothes and make sure you don't take just one set of hiking gear. You know, the best place um, if you're just starting out to go, I found, was Decathlon. Yeah. You've been to Decathlon to get loved, a few love Decathlon, yeah. yeah. Uh, decathlon, Mountain Warehouse and Cotswolds was probably the three mm-hmm. that I go to the most. I think that Decathlon's just got such a good range of good value stuff yeah and they've got all of what we've just said they've got the base layers the fleeces um the the jackets they've got everything and right in hiking season they have a whole section for it so definitely recommend that mountain warehouse little step up bit more expensive stuff um but they're specifically for for mountain mountaineering and hiking Then cotswells i guess is the next step up yeah. yeah Yeah, and
0: uh, clothing is one of those ones where it's it's hard to get right because weather changes so quickly on the mountains. But but always think of it as
1: having too much is much better than not having enough. You've got to be prepared. Yeah, like uh, As you say that, that first time you did it, you uh, felt horrible that you didn't have everything that you needed and just the second time round, you need to be prepared and obviously that's going to be a lot more comfortable when you arrive at scaffold Pike at two in the morning yeah. and it's chucking down with rain you have a nice fresh set of clothes to put on and just um just to conclude
0: on the clothing section but uh waterproof trousers as well are uh, absolutely essential so not only are you fully waterproof it with your coat you want to have Like an overlayer, waterproof overlayer that you can put either over your, say, tracksuit bottoms or base layers that you're wearing, or just a proper pair of hiking trousers that are
1: waterproof. I've never worn waterproof trousers. Have you not? No. I've got very lucky the both times I did it, I didn't say, next time I need to just be prepared and have some waterproof trousers. Yeah. I mean, if you get soaking wet and
0: you're not wearing waterproof trousers, not only do your trousers get, obviously, cold because of the wind... Um, but it's things like they, they get heavier because they're getting wet. So waterproof trousers just protect you. They give you that extra layer of wind and rain um, like protection, yeah. but also they, they stop your actual clothing getting like cold and heavy, which is key. Um, and most waterproof trousers are quite easy to get on and off. So the ones that I bought, for example, had a little vent that you could just unzip so when I wanted to make them into shorts, I could just whip the
1: bottoms of them off, for, yeah. it, for instance. Useful, useful. Yeah. And then in terms of other gear you might want to, or other clothing you might need, get yourself a pair of gloves. Yeah, gloves so are critical, yeah. So important, a hat. I mean, your head's going to get cold, your going to get cold, especially on days when you go up through the clouds and it's yep. It's not as nice as on the bottom. Um, And then... uh a good waterproof bag and i think having a waterproof bag and a comfortable bag is so so key because when you're going up you need a place to put um your your clothes in if you're getting changed you need a place to put your food in your snacks and your water and that might get a little bit heavy and when it rains you don't want it to get wet that's the key thing
0: especially if you've got change of clothes in there Mm-hmm. So if you've got your fleece in your coat, the last thing you want is if it starts raining, all your stuff to get soaking wet. Yeah, double bag it as well. Double bag it for sure. Yeah. But go, just going back to gloves, I think um, they're so important because the nature of the hiking, particularly when you get near the top, you have to use your hands a lot. So you don't want to be you know, in freezing cold conditions using your bare hands particularly if it's snowing for instance or snowden in, there's a couple of technical sections that you've referenced yeah. already but you know it's important to make sure that your hands are, are nice and warm and one of one of the group coming down from snowden a couple of weeks back because we were having to dig our hands into the snow to get grip and her gloves just like weren't good enough so i had to give her my gloves really? in the end yeah she, she and her like she was in quite a lot of pain to be honest mm. Um, so especially if you feel the cold, you know, investing in a good pair of gloves, um, I would recommend something like Seal Skins, which really do keep your hands warm. Uh, they're about 35
1: quid you can get them for. Yeah. Um, would be a, a worthwhile investment. And make sure the full party that's doing it is also um, got got all the gear. Because as you say, if you're with someone that doesn't have the right gear, the right clothing, the right equipment, and they're struggling and in pain, then that's going to be bad for everyone.
0: Yeah, you're only as, as strong as your as your weakest member. At the end of the day, you're not going to leave someone on the side of a mountain, especially in bad conditions. Um, the the funny thing really about the first time we did the three peaks is that all three of us were not in the right gear, <laughs> so we were all struggling. It it wasn't really a case of like, oh, I've got a spare jacket or, or yeah. you know, a pair of gloves. We were all just totally underprepared. Um, so much so that. After we finished Ben Nevis and we were literally running down Ben Nevis to stay on time, my brother turned to me and was in utter disbelief and mixed with anger and was just like, this is just so far from what you told me. It would be like, I'm so fuming at you right now. And I sort of was quiet in the drive to the Scaffold Park. Everyone was quite tired at that stage. Um my brother just spent the entire car journey basically Googling stories of Ben Nevis gone wrong. And I remember to this day, I remember exactly what one he found. It was called Dave Nevis. And I'm not sure if it's still on Google, but it was basically about a group of guys um, who had tried to do the Ben Nevis challenge and... They'd climbed, firstly, they'd climbed the wrong mountain. They actually scaled something <laughs> called Dave Nevis instead. Uh, and secondly, they'd taken a wrong turn on the way back down and basically gone over the summit and ended up on the other side of the mountain, like to, to where the car was parked. So the group that they did it with basically had to abandon them and they'd ended up in a pub and like had to get picked up by someone else. <laughs> but is that kind of. You know, your story, my brother was just like, you told me this would be an uphill walk. (laughs) There's no chance we could get lost. And yet we get halfway up Ben Nevis and you go through the fog and the clouds and then out the other side and it's bloody snowing. (laughs) So all three of us were just totally underprepared for
1: that. Mm. So final thing in terms of being prepared, taking food with you, like for the mountain, what sort of food you need, what sort of sustenance do you need to keep you going throughout the climb?
0: Yeah, so first things first, hydration is absolutely essential. You're sweating a lot because it's hard work physically. Um, you could so the first time I did it, I had one of those um, packs, the pack, yeah, yeah, the pouch, the water pouches in your in your bag, which I found really helpful. Second time I did it, I just took water bottles, so like two large water bottles for each one because you're climbing for between you know, four and seven hours, depending on how fast you go, you don't want to be left, like, thirsty, tired. Have, have I
1: told you about Table Mountain? No, go what? on. Oh.
0: Well, that's a different beast entirely, because it's so hot.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it it was 35 degrees. Yeah. It was the hottest day while we were out there. It was the middle of the summer, bright sunshine, and we we were out touristing, and uh, we were like, yeah, let's do Table Mountain. How hard could it be? Yeah. Um didn't even occur to me to bring a bottle of water. I mean that is a massive blunder. (laughs) I I did have water, like my dad had uh, half a bottle of water in the car so I picked that up and took that and I was, I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought, oh it'll be fun like, don't need to worry about food or drink it's just a straight up Whip up the mountain. Did you climb back down as well? No. So, yeah, th- th- there's the a t- table, uh, the cable car. C- cable yeah. car down. So, I l- at least knew that it was only sort of well, maximum mate. of three hours. Yeah, But we got about 45 minutes into it, and I've looked at my water bottle and I've thought, this was a really bad idea. Like, really bad. And it's also the water bottle was heating up. So, halfway up, I had to have like sips of warm water. I was getting more and more dehydrated. <laughs> I'm never, ever going to make that mistake again. And it's good that even on your first time you had, like, one of the the, the packs of water. But, yeah, take as much water as you can to yeah. keep going. Because if you do something like that, especially in 35 degrees, you're going to feel horrendous. And luckily, when I got to the top, I had a nice um, bottle of water, Coke, and a muffin. So I felt great. There you go. Refueling. Well,
0: lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned. Yeah, I think... I think I'm right by saying that I did Table Mountain extremely hungover, which <laughs> also isn't advisable. <laughs> um, but that's an awful therefore <laughs> idea. Therefore, I took a lot of fluids with me. Yeah. Um, because I was really, really struggling. Uh, but made it to the top, yeah, and got the cable car back down. Nice, nice little sweat out, actually, of all the alcohol. Yeah, I was I'd there for a
1: wedding, to be fair. Uh, so I see. it was quite a, a so celebratory yeah. couple of weeks. I I'd recommend anyone to. If they if they're in South Africa if they're in Cape Town, hundred percent to do Table Mountain, amazing experience, must do, amazing views, and then when you get to the top, it's cool as well. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So so yeah, what what nutrition wise?
0: So nutrition wise, yeah. So after hydration, um, I think you're looking at you you're easy to eat on the go snacks. Um, You don't want to spend too long actually having like a sit down, you know, heavy food. Let's say you could take a couple of sandwiches up you uh, up with you. So, complement them with some little protein snacks, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so, my my favourite would be a couple of protein bars, um, took a couple of protein balls as well.
1: Then you want some carb-heavy things like flapjack. I was going to say, I before I do any hikes, I make a batch of flapjacks. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you need that energy to keep you going. And
0: something like a flapjack, because it's oat-heavy, it's a slow-release um, energy, mm. so... That will keep you fueled for quite a long time, and use those protein bars and like even energy gels if you absolutely need them, um, as more of like a quick hit of energy when you're starting to suffer quite a lot. Which, to be honest, on on a if you only did one mountain, you probably wouldn't need an energy gel, but certainly when you're getting tired, if you if you opt for all three mountains and do the challenge, then uh, I did take a couple of energy gels actually during during the, yeah. I think, Mountain 2 and Mountain
1: 3. I always take um, a couple of Luxo sports with me as well. Yeah. Because it's, it's actually quite nice when you're halfway up or you've summited and you want to drink, you've been drinking water, have a, replace those electrolytes, a little bit of sugar in you. is yeah. always good.
0: Also, a nice little addition is a flask. And I say that because when we did Snowden a few weeks back, Obviously it was snowing, as I've said, so a couple of our gr- group took tea in a flask and it was lovely at the top. <laughs> when you're surrounded by snow, it's freezing cold, you have a little bit of tea and it's just it warms you right up. It's it's a lovely addition. And I great thought, idea. yeah, I honestly I thought like why have I not thought of this yeah. before? But so we a decent flask and it was piping hot still as well, so it did the job. We took beers up,
1: scaffold pike. I took whiskey. Yeah. Warmed so, it up, yeah. yeah. I I've, I've rather whiskey than beers. Yeah. Just sitting at the top, it's like, oh, can we go now? Got to finish our beers. So that's sort of covering how you prep for hiking one of the mountains or the three pe- peaks. Chris, I want to hear your story. Let's. Wh- what one do you want to tell? Do you want to tell part one or part two? Which one do you want to hear? Part one was obviously the disaster one yeah i I think we've covered that quite a bit though in your your disasters so let's let's look into the second one the one you did when recently um yeah it was last summer so about six
0: months ago now Um we did it for prostate cancer uh there was a team of six of us started again did exactly the same route did ben nevis down to snowden so ben nevis scaffold park snowden the reason you do that is because Scaffold Pike. Well, if you do the 24 hour challenge, basically you have to do one of the mountains through the night in pitch black. Horrible. Scaffold Pike is probably the easiest to do in those conditions and it's the shortest. But the second time I did it, I didn't do it in the 24 hour time limit. We, we did it over a Saturday and Sunday. So we climbed, um, what did we do? Actually, no, we did it a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one a day. So we climbed Ben Nevis on the Friday, stayed in Glasgow, then. Uh, on the Saturday, we got up really early and drove to Scaffold Pike, climbed Scaffold Pike on the Saturday, then drove straight to Wales, um, to Snowdon, stayed overnight right by, we got there at like midnight, stayed right by Snowdon and then climbed Snowdon straight
1: away at like 9am mm. on Sunday morning and then drove back to London. What? Well, well, why did you choose to do it over three days rather than 24 hours? Um, a couple
0: of reasons. So logistically i think it's very hard to do the 24-hour challenge if one of you has to drive in fact i would not recommend that at all because you're physically and mentally exhausted so all six of us who went were doing the climbing whereas the first time i did it my dad did the driving for us yeah so he was sleeping while we were climbing and then driving throughout the night normally and in fact, if I ever did it again, I would say do it with a organized group because get like little things that take a lot of time that you don't realize, you know, take a, takes a lot of time. Things like getting changed, you can do a lot easier in a minibus. And for instance, at the bottom of Ben Nevis, when my dad picked us up, if we were in a minibus with an organised group, we could have just pulled on the minibus and got ready on there. So when you get to Scaffold Park, you're ready. But if you're in a car and one of you's driving, it's very difficult to actually sort your stuff out in a car and get yeah. changed and stuff. Um, so that was the main reason. Um, we opted just just for having done the 24-hour challenge previously. And it is difficult, like very difficult. It's one of the hardest things I've done, as I said. Um, I wanted to actually enjoy it a bit more this time. And just logistically, uh, uh, like we felt as a group, it'd still be a hard thing to do, uh, like a big achievement, doing three in three days. Um, but it just makes the travelling a lot easier,
1: basically. Yeah, and I, I think that if, if anyone is thinking of doing the three peaks, doing it over two or three days is just, it's much better. You, you It's a challenge, of course. Yeah. And you just put in way too much pressure on yourself doing 24 hours. And if you do it once over the three days and you do it fine, you enjoy it and you want the additional challenge, then go for the 24-hour yeah, limit. Back, but yeah. I think going straight in and doing the 24 hours is just going a bit over the top. Yeah, and I, I'd actually never climbed
0: a, a mountain before. You're before joking, did, me? No. That was the th- the first time I did the 3 Peaks challenge. So Ben Nevis was my first ever mountain. How old were you? Um, a reckless youth. Like 25? A 26. reckless youth. <laughs> Not a reckless youth. <laughs> <laughs> Foolish. <Yeah. laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So, so the second time we did it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, our group was me, uh, Tom did it with me again, Tom's dad, who's older, obviously, and then uh, my two friends, Jack and Ed. Um, and let's talk a little bit about the mountains because that that doesn't change at all. So the experience was obviously different because I, I did it over three days rather than 24 hours, but the actual mountains don't change at all. So let, let's start with Ben Nevis. Um, an incredible experience, I think, Ben Nevis is. I would fully recommend anyone to go and do it in a day. Difficulty is that it's so far away um but each mountain has a very different feel to it and i think ben nevis is more of like a long hard slog you get round where you think the summit might be and then you ask people coming down they're like oh no you're still two hours from the top and i'm thinking what like how is that even Mm. possible um and both times i've done ben nevis it's been really really savage weather at the top savage weather so the snow the first time the second time was basically like a blizzard could barely see anything um you can, but you could see about ten meters in front of you, just the next person climbing. Which is again just a different experience to what anything you'd be used to normally on ground level. Um, it, it's like a different world up there. Scaffold
1: Pikes one you've done. It's yeah. short and sharp, isn't it? Short and sharp. Um, I'd say, depending on what route you do, it's um, slightly more technical than scaffold. Uh, sorry, than Snowden. Um, but yeah, it completely depends on the route you take. I probably, I probably enjoyed Snowden more.
0: But yeah, I think Snowden's more picturesque. Mm. So the first bit of Snowden, well, it depends what route you do. But we did the miners track, which basically the first bit is is literally like a nice uphill walk. You walk around these lakes, and then you get to the bottom of a waterfall, and then it starts going quite like intensely up. Yeah. But um, Scaffold Pike Lake District. Pisses it down all the time, <laughs> so expect a lot of rain. Uh, there's one little bit on Scaffold Pike where, as you mentioned earlier, you've got to cross basically like a ravine, don't you? Yeah. Um, which you're probably going to get wet on, but not if you do it properly. Um, and then
1: Snowdon. Is my favourite. I think. Oh, I, th- I think. I yeah. think it's my favourite too. Um, the route we did, I, we did the rid do track, which is the other side of the mountain that most people go yeah. up. And S- Snowden has an amazing website. Um, so if it's if you're gonna choose one of them to do first, go for Snowden. Yeah, because agree. It's the most touristy one. Hundred percent. Yeah. And there's the most information about it, and they've got their track sort of laid out. You look at the map on, on the website and they give you like ratings of how hard it is and a one to 10. Um, we thought we didn't want to go for the easiest one. We didn't want to go for the hardest one. Let's go in the middle. So it was like a five out of 10. And then we thought we didn't want it to be too busy either because um, just in, enjoy sort of the, the outdoors a little bit more. Yep. And literally the whole track, we hardly came across anyone, just a few people. And there, there's one part of it where we're walking up, we're walking up, and then we just the peak appears and there's this amazing like bowl I don't know what you call it like it's almost like a crater yeah and you look over it and there's this massive bowl crater and over it you can see the peak and it looks awesome and then the hu- you walk around this bowl all the way up to the top and it's just so pi- picturesque and beautiful mm. and i think you came from the other side yeah, other side. So, as I
0: said, you, you kind of follow three lakes, mm. which again is incredibly picturesque. Check out our Instagram, VV underscore nation, for the latest pictures I took a few weeks um, at Snowdon. And that was probably the, the clearest view I've, I've ever done it. And it was, it was amazing. Our entire group were just like, this is just a beautiful place in the UK that you, you wouldn't even expect could be in the UK. Yeah. You, know, you could have been in somewhere like New Zealand, Um so yeah, Snowden. Snowden's my pick of the bunch for a great day out and and suitable for beginners as well. Um, I just think it's one of those things where if you're going to do the Three Peaks, if well, if you let's say if you're looking for a charity chat challenge, which is what I've done both times. First time I did it for a charity called Action Duchenne, which was a charity very close to Tom's heart, um, and then prostate cancer is what we did it for the uh, who we did it for the second time. Um, which is a charity close to my heart, but it, it's a really good mixture of like a physical test and a mental test. Um, but as we've just said, if, if you're going to try, if you don't fancy all three and you just want to do one, they're, they're all great days out, but Snowden would certainly be my pick. Um, so let's talk about hiking generally. Um, what is it about hiking that
1: you actually like? I love the, I. Lo- one, the challenge is great. Like, the, the actual challenge, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to achieve it. Um, but it's being outdoors and seeing everyone. Because, like, nowadays, there's so many... We're we're attached to our phones. Like, you and me, we're in the city a lot. We don't really get out to the country. Um, and, yeah, we're on our phones, we're on our technology. And we're never away from it. And we're never outdoors. We never have time where it's just quiet and you're out with nature. And when you do the hikes on the mountains, you get that. And it's just so beautiful to see all the scenery. Um, and it's just not something you really see very often. Yeah, they, those
0: views of the, like, if we take the 3 peaks, the British countryside are just mm. unbelievable.
1: And it is, it's a, it's a really fun trip as well. So if you, you, you're you going to have someone to do it with, we'd definitely recommend having someone yeah, to do it with. Yeah. <laughs> don't go off solo <laughs> on your own, yet, yeah. unless you're really keen. But. Yeah, so, like... It, I, I went with a mate a couple of times, and it's a nice road trip. Um, driving out to Wales, it, the the like the the trip and the journey itself is. Just as much fun as the hike, um, the up dri- drive up to the Lake District. The scenery there is amazing as well. It's just a really good fun thing. And then when you get home, you're like, that was that was enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I'd, uh, the way I describe it is a great bonding experience. Yeah, and is. you really do get that sense of achievement when you're standing at the top of one of the mountains, touching the little statue, wh- whatever it is that m- marks the summit. Um, you get a real sense of achievement, and it's a memory that lasts a lifetime. And I'll I'll never forget, even if I go on and do Kilimanjaro and stuff like that. I'll never forget those three peak challenges. And when we got to the bottom of Snowden the second time, um, with with our larger group, um, including Tom's dad Andy, it was just like we've we've just done something brilliant. And like for him as well, obviously being a bit older than us, um, it was just a great achievement. He did so well, and you know. It was a real bonding experience and something that none of us would ever forget,
1: I think. Yeah. So, you would definitely, definitely recommend going out to one of the peaks and doing them. I do, I do want to do the three peaks at some point. Yeah, that, that was
0: the question I was going to ask to end. W- when are you going to do Ben Nevis? Because that's the one that you're missing.
1: Yeah, I am missing it. Um, we're, we're actually planning to do it. Not this year, the year before. Um, sorry, not last year, the year before. And really wanted to do it, it just because it's so far away, it's quite a logistical nightmare. Like Lake District is a seven hour drive each way and we just we did it all in one day. So we got up really early, did the hike. Because it's the smallest one, it only takes like four and a half hours. So we could do it in one day. But with Ben Nevis it's more you've got to drive up there, do the hike and then stay overnight somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it is an absolute mission if you're
0: coming from somewhere like London. Yeah. Which, again, is something that kind of puts me off a little bit, mm. like going back to do it again. I, if it was closer, I would love to do it again. But if I'm being absolutely honest, will will I ever do Ben Nevis again? I, on, I honestly don't think I would now because I just think you're looking at, well, if you, if you take a drive from London, it's over 10 hours. You'd really yeah. ten hours, so it's it's something like five hundred and fifty miles. Yeah, which is why we stopped at Preston on the day before, which kind of gets you get about four hours in, so you've still got six hours to go. But um, that is a long ten hours is a long way. Mm-hmm. And my brother recently went on a, a tour of Norway and climbed some of the Norwegian mountains, which are That'll much higher. Cool. So they were they were like uh, over two thousand meters, which is again like another level up, but. He wasn't covering as much ground each day, um, and just said it was a fantastic experience. So, when when you've got options like Norway, pretty close, um, the Tour of the Alps, which is what I was uh, uh, the, sorry, the Trek of the Alps, which is what I was talking about earlier in the in the podcast app, um, close, you know, there's no reason
1: why you have to keep going back to Ben Nevis, even though it is the biggest. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, I I would like to do it this summer actually um, to tick it off. But out of anything, I'd want to go back to Snowden. Yeah,
0: it is just from from where we live in London, it's very accessible and it's a lovely day out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. All right, shall we wrap? I think we should. There you go. So let us know when you've done Ben Nevis,
1: James, will, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, we, we want to hear people's stories of if they've done the three-peat challenge or if they've done any of the mountains, if they're thinking about doing them. Um, we're going to be releasing a few videos on my trips of Scaffold Pike and Snowden um, just so people can sort of watch my experience and we've got blogs on the website where you can have a look at Chris's experience doing the three peaks we, if you've got any questions about it send it our way um, at VVNation Fit on Twitter and at VV_Nation underscore Nation on Instagram let us know. Awesome, thanks very much Cheers guys